Hello and welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. We appreciate you joining us through this podcast. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for joining us and enjoy the message. Hello everyone, my name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here. Thanks for being here today. Appreciate it. I have uh, one announcement I wanted to highlight. Um, so we are collecting food for a local food pantry uh, over at Church Community Services, and they do a lot of good work in our community. So if you guys would, uh, buy some groceries this next week and bring it back. You can pick up one of these flyers on your way out that lists the kinds of things that they need, but you know, just canned goods, things like that. Don't go get the can of creamed asparagus from 1945 in the back of your pantry. Leave that one, but go buy some new stuff, and I'll try to do the same. All right. So we are in a summer series in the book of Proverbs, and hopefully you guys are all reading the book of Proverbs with me. I've really enjoyed uh, taking the time to read uh, the chapter of the day, so today would be chapter 11, because today's the 11th. So I'd hope you guys would continue to do that through the month of August. And last week, we had a message titled, Generosity, Growing and Giving, and uh, that message had two points. We can all become more generous when we trust God to meet our needs, and we practice giving to God first. So it's important to be generous And one of the ways we can do that is just to trust that God will meet our needs. It makes us a little more loose, I think, with the things that we have in our possession. And then prioritizing God first instead of giving him our leftovers is an important part of becoming a generous person. So if you missed that message, you can catch it online on our website or you can download the podcast. So we're going to be continuing um, that series today and we will be in... I can figure out where it is. Yeah, Proverbs chapter 4, if you want to kind of find that in your Bibles now. But I wanted to start by talking about Alan and Karen Hipschman, who are here today. And I lo- know they love to be talked about. Um, they're friends of ours. And, uh, but specifically, I wanted to talk about Karen. So last January, on January 29th, Karen was admitted to the hospital with uh, flu-like symptoms, Well, it turned out that at 45 years old, Karen was having a heart attack, and it was a pretty severe one. I think it was 100% blocked. Is that right? 100% blocked. The artery is is called the widow maker, and the reason they call it that is because if that artery is blocked and you have a heart attack, chances are you're going to die. We praise God that Karen did not die. They put a couple of stents in there. Part of her heart actually did die. It It was damaged. But she's recovered well. I talked to her this past week. And it's six months later now. And she's been exercising and eating right and feeling pretty good. So physically, it was a, it was a challenging time for her. But I would submit to you that I think it was a really good thing spiritually. Now let me explain. She posted this on Facebook this past week. She says... I'm a little over six months post-heart attack. I actually feel great even though my heart is damaged. The medications are helping and my diet and exercise routine are going well. Hardest part has been salt. That would be hard for me too, Karen, just so you know. That'd be rough. My attitude has changed about many things, and that's good. I had an icky day at work yesterday, and then I remembered not to sweat the small stuff. I see the cardiologist again in a few weeks, and I hope he will be pleased with my efforts. 
In February, I truly believed my life would never be the same again. I was right. It's way better. It's way better. Alan and Karen serve on the usher team and the greeting team here at the church. They lead a home group. They also lead with young adults. And I would say that even though her heart has been damaged, some things have changed inside of her spiritual heart. She's making an impact on the people around here, around her. One young adult recently posted about Karen and Alan. Rachel, this is from your Facebook page. I'm going to post about someone every day that I just need to brag on a little bit. Way to go, Rachel. That's good. The lucky first ones are Karen and Alan Hipschman. I met them about a year ago and have grown so close to them in the past five or six months. They have really gotten Michael and I out of our introverted shells and are always there with wisdom or help whenever we need it. They have been like my adopted parents as of late since I don't have a relationship with my dad and my mom lives so far away. I just can't even describe how much love I have for them and how amazing they are. So Karen and Alan, thank you for being my friend and keep being your awesome selves. Thumbs up emoji. All right? So Karen's heart, physical heart was changed. It was, it was damaged. It's not quite as strong as what it was before. But I would say, again, this situation has brought strength to her spiritual heart. And let me speak to that for a little bit. Because in the same way that our physical heart is the center of our being and the most important part of our physical bodies, I would submit to you that our spiritual hearts are the center of our being and the most important part of our, of our spiritual bodies. Our spiritual hearts determine who we are, what we do, and what kind of person we will become. Matthew 15, 17 says, this is Jesus speaking, he says, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. And he's not talking about our physical heart here. He's talking about our spiritual heart. And these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. And then Jesus says again in Matthew chapter 12, in the NLT version, a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. So Jesus is talking about our spiritual hearts, and he's saying that we can have good hearts and we can have bad hearts. We can have evil hearts. And we've all heard sayings like, well, she's soft-hearted, or she's, you know, um, she cares about people, or he's hard-hearted or cold-hearted, or he has no heart. We've, we've heard that saying, too. It reminds me of a story my mom tells me about myself. When I was about four or five years old, uh, my, I, was, I was at a, a ball game. My brother was playing ball out in the field, and I was, of course, running around behind the bleachers uh, during the game, and this this young girl wanted to play with me, and I didn't want to play with her. And so I climbed up into the bleachers and sat down beside my mom, 
And she tells me the story and says, I turned around to the young girl who was standing down there asking to play with me. And I said, you can stand down there until the spider webs grow on you, but I'm not going to play with you. And my mom goes, man, you had kind of a hard heart, you know, <laughs> cold-hearted at like four or five years old. And in all honesty, that is part of how we're created. I mean, we are born with sin inside of us. And God even says in Genesis chapter 8, the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, this is after the flood, he's talking to Noah, never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. So we are born with evil inside of our hearts. But that's not the end of the story. The good news is that God can change our hearts, right? Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. That's the good news. That's the gospel, is that Jesus can come and he can change our heart of stone into a heart of flesh. He can soften our hearts. And I'll tell you, my heart isn't quite as hard and calloused as it was when I was four or five years old. Now, over time, I'll tell you, I've had some things affect me that had hardened my heart, but God has worked continuously with me to soften my heart. And I care about people now. In fact, the, the thing that I, I love more than anything is to see God come and change somebody's heart. I mean, that's the best thing. As a pastor, I get to experience that. I get to be present and watch God do that. It's the best part of my job. But here's the deal. Our hearts can be changed. Our hearts can be changed, both for the good and for the bad. And so we need to monitor what's happening around us so that we know what is going in and what is coming out of our hearts because things can affect us. The question that we're going to try to answer today is, what are those things that can affect our heart? And how can I make sure that my heart is being affected for the positive and not for the negative? And today's scripture speaks to that. So if you guys would turn there, we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. And I'll read through the end of the chapter, and we also have it up here on the screen. Chapter 4. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Creep, keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. And then going back to verse 23. This is our, our key scripture for today. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Of everything that I just said, the author is saying, above all else, guard your heart because it is, another uh, translation says, it is the wellspring of your life. Everything you are, everything that's within you, 
flows from our hearts. So we're supposed to guard them. So today's message is titled, Cardiac Care, Protecting Our Spiritual Hearts. (laughs) And I'm going to give us a couple of points that can help us with this, but if you guys would, pray with me as I pray for the message. Father, we come to you and recognize that our hearts are important. And there are a lot of things in this world that want to change our hearts. A lot of it's just bad. So Lord, I pray that you would give us wisdom and discernment today as we listen to your scripture, Father. And I pray that you would let your Holy Spirit just speak to our hearts. Personalize this message to us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so you can fill this in on your handout if you would like. We can protect our hearts by, number one, screening our senses. Screening our senses. I'm talking about the five senses, but specifically, I'm talking about what we hear and what we see. Let me look at the scripture, uh, starting with verse 20. It says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my word. So it's talking about what we listen to. Do not let them out of your sight. Talks about what we see. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Verse 25, let your eyes look straight ahead, fix your gaze directly before you. So the scripture is talking about, be careful what you see and what you hear, because it will affect our hearts. It reminds me of a time when I was in college. I was riding in somebody else's car, a friend of mine, I was in the back seat. And uh, I was just, I was actually in Sturgis. I know where I was. I was on the road that goes by the airport, and I was just staring out the window, not thinking about anything. And then uh, these sexual thoughts came into my mind. And um, I was like, I kind of snapped out of it. I was like, what, where did these thoughts come from? And so then I, I started listening to the radio that was, it was playing. I started listening to the song that was playing. And the song's lyrics were all about s- sex. They just were. It was one of those kind of songs, right? That's just on regular radio. And it was impacting me on a subconscious level. It was directing my thoughts just by what I was listening to. What we listen to affects us. And I would say even more so, what we see can affect us. As we know, if we watch certain movies, man, it'll, it'll just change our emotional state, right? It'll just change our emotional state. Anybody seen the movie August Rush? Anyone seen that? Like three of us. All right. The rest of you need to get out and go watch this movie. And anyway, but this movie's a really cute movie. And at the end, you just leave there with happy tears. I mean, you just have these happy tears because it's such a good ending. The movie's really, really well done. But also, you can watch a movie like Marley and Me, and you leave with really sad tears, right? I mean, you just like, it's a terrible movie. Don't watch that one, by the way. But you're just so sad after watching that movie. When I was young, eight or 10 years old, my my parents took me to the movie theater to watch the premiere of Jaws, all right? Don't ever do that to your kids, just so you know. Man, I was scared to death. <clears throat> At the end of the movie, I went to stand up to leave, and I passed out. They actually had to carry me over their shoulder out of the movie theater. I know, they'd probably get in trouble for that today, wouldn't they? 
But I was scared after watching that movie. I never wanted to go in the ocean ever again. You know, I knew there was going to be a big shark there to get me. And then any of the Rocky movies, if I watch any of those, I feel invincible, like I can win anything, right? I can, I start shadow boxing and I don't know how to do that, you know, and jumping around, climbing up steps, all those things. Movies can affect us emotionally. And I would submit to you that they can affect our hearts as well. They can affect our hearts. What we see can affect our hearts. Matthew 6, and 23 says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. And again, he's talking about what we see. If what we see is good for us, it'll bring light to our souls. <clears throat> but if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. And again, not talking about our physical eyes. It's talking about what we allow into our hearts will affect us. It'll either bring light or it will bring darkness. So we need to screen what we listen to. We need to screen what we see. And as I was thinking about this this week, here's some areas that I thought we should be screening this much more so than we do. I should be screening this much more so than I do. Uh, music, obviously, what we listen to. We should be screening that. Movies, same thing. TV shows. But I thought of books. You know, we don't think about that sometimes, but if we're reading a book and we're going to be spending all those hours, we should be spending time reading things that are uplifting to our hearts because it affects us. Podcasts. There are a lot of podcasts out there today, and they're not just like 10 minutes long anymore. They can be like a, you know, an hour, hour and a half long. And so if we're going to be listening to podcasts, let's listen to people that bring life and light to our hearts. Social media feeds. Be careful who you follow. I've had to hide or unfollow different people or uh, different programs because I noticed as I'm, as I'm watching what they post, their content, I'm just getting bitter or I'm getting angry or I'm getting frustrated, you know? And I'm like, I gotta, I just need to stop following that. YouTube, this is really our younger generation. They spend hours following YouTube stars. And there's very few, what I've seen, good YouTube stars. So let's be careful what we're following, what we're watching. Now, this one actually got me this week is news feeds. I like to stay up to date with what's going on around our country and around our world. But man, there's so much negativity. Can I get an amen? amen. Man. And so I'm, I'm watching this, and, it's, and it affects me. You know, you can feel hopeless. You know, you can feel frustrated, you can feel angry, you know, all those things. Did you know that the millennials in Generation Z are the first generation in a long, long, long time that actually do not have hope for tomorrow? They actually think that their life won't be as good as their parents, whereas every generation before them felt like their life was going to be better than their parents. And I would say a lot of the reason why is because of this. It's the social media, it's the media, and it's also the news feeds. Man, we get so much negativity just pounded and programmed into us each and every day. So I was like, well, God, how do I find some good news? 
And I thought, well, why don't you Google it, right? That's how you find everything. So I Googled good news, and I found something called Good News Network. Anyone ever heard of that? Yeah, goodnewsnetwork.org. And so I just looked at the first three headlines, and this is what they were. The first one was this, firefighters spend two hours freeing hapless raccoon from sewer grate. We rescue citizens both big and small. And it put a smile on my face and gave me faith in humanity, just like that. And then next, I didn't actually read the article, because we never read the articles, right? We just read the headlines anyway. So I read the next headline, and it says, company uses NASA tech to make healthy food out of thin air, using only CO2, water, and solar electricity. We're not going to starve to death in the future. We're going to have food to spare. That's what it gave me hope for tomorrow. I just need water and a solar panel, and I will be good for forever. But this was my favorite. When grandma confesses she has never seen the ocean, grandson takes her on an epic cross-country trip. Aw, there's hope for millennials, right? <laughs> my hope is when I'm a grandpa that my grandkid would take me on an ocean epic trip. Wouldn't that be great? So it gave me... And the funny thing was, I can read CNN and go, man, this world is going to hell in a handbasket, right? Or I could go over here and just read these three articles, and I'm like, oh, there's joy here. And I would say this. These are more in line with Scripture. There is hope in the gospel. This book, this book is not bad news. This book is good news, and I think we need those things in our lives. We need to screen them so that we're receiving what aligns with the Word of God. You can write this down. Our inputs will determine our outputs. What we allow in through our eyes and our ears, let's not be misled. It's going to determine what comes out of us. It's going to determine our emotional state. It's going to affect our spiritual state. So we should protect our hearts by screening our senses. And then here's number two. We can protect our hearts by determining our destination. Determining our destination. Where we go. This comes from verses 26 and 27. It says, give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Keep your foot from evil. Think about that. Our feet (laughs) really can't do evil, but our feet can determine what good things we might do and what bad things we might do. As I was thinking about this point, I was reminded of Proverbs chapter 7, where they talk about this young, simple boy. Let me read it, and then we'll talk about it. Verses 7 through 10, and then I skip around a little bit. It says, I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who had no sense, an unwise young man. He was going down the street near her corner. Now, her is reference to an adulterous woman. Walking along in the direction of her house, At twilight, as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in, then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute and with crafty intent. 
Verse 13, she took hold of him and kissed him. And with a brazen face, she said, today I fulfilled my vows. I have food from my fellowship offering at home. So I came out to meet you. I looked for you and I have found you. Verse 21, with persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. All at once he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose, till an arrow pierces his liver, like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. This boy's life is about to change. And I would submit to you, the mistake that the author is talking about isn't necessarily that he's going to have an adulterous relationship It was the lack of wisdom that he showed in walking by her house. See, this wouldn't have happened if he had allowed his feet to take him one block over. That never would have happened. Our feet can lead us into evil. Where we go matters. Our feet can also lead us to good things, things that impact our heart, that bring life and light to our heart. Where we go matters. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to list some of the things that we have here at Lighthouse. We create events and opportunities for you to come and be part of so that your hearts can be affected. Because my hope is, no matter what the event is, if it's a Lighthouse-related event, your heart is going to be affected for good. So if you're a student, again, this is 7th through 12th grade, every Sunday afternoon, We have an opportunity for you to come and be part of that. And I would encourage you, if you're a parent of someone in that age group, make your kids go. (laughs) Just make them go. I know that's a lost art in our society anymore. It just is so hard to do that because that's not the way it works. But I'll tell you what, my parents made me go to church, and it was the best thing for me. And I didn't have the kind of negative influences that we're seeing today. Man, this generation, they are getting bombarded with so much negativity. We've already kind of talked about that. Give them an opportunity to receive something good in their week. Make them go. And young adults, if you're out of high school, not quite 30 years old, still figuring this thing out, every Friday night we have a young adult group. I would encourage you, go. Be part of it. Be consistent in it. Make new friends. Bring your friends. And then I listed here Sunday morning uh, services because in our society today, regular attendance to church means three out of eight. People say, I'm a regular attender if they go to church once or twice a month. And so I would just encourage you guys, that's really not the definition of regular attendance. So I would encourage you, be regular attenders. I mean, every week the world is bombarding our heart with negativity. My hope is that when you come here, you have a chance to to worship together, to meet some really good people, to hear from the Word of God, and even experience someone praying for you after service. It's a good place to be. I know we have a few people who actually, they come to two services, because it's like, this is a good place for my my heart. So be, be consistent. We talked about home groups. If you've never been in a home group or aren't signed up, just jump in one. It's a great place to get to know people. Um, Thursday nights, if you're looking for something kind of midweek to do, every Thursday night at 6.30, we pray for the church. And we just pray for all of you. We pray for our communities. And everyone is welcome. 
So from 6.30 to 7.30 in the multi-purpose room, you are welcome to come and just, just pray with us. You don't even have to pray. You could just sit there and listen to the prayer warriors around us that are just praying. And I'll tell you, there are times that I do not want to go. I'll, I'll confess this to you. Um, I'm tired sometimes on a Thursday after work, and I'm like, man, I just, I just don't want to go to prayer. But I'll tell you what, every single time I go, I am encouraged during that time. Just having all these people praying around us, and I leave there, and my heart is better off than if I had gone home and turned on Netflix. And then uh, I just wanted to list the, the worship circle this Friday night. Even if you don't sing or play an instrument, just come and sit in the back and listen to the worship that's going to happen. Krista has really spent a lot of time preparing for this, and we're expecting God to show up. So it's a great opportunity to come and have your heart affected for the positive. Guys, where we go matters. Where we go matters. Let your feet take you to things that are positive for your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. Let your feet take you to those things. But I also wanted to make this point. Who we go with matters as well. Who we hang out with can really make an impact on our hearts as well. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be, be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And we can have good intents, intentions, but when we have the wrong people surrounding us, it's going to affect us. It's going to affect our hearts. So um, as I was putting this message together this week, this point really hit me because I felt like there was maybe just, it could be just one person in this service who this point is for you. You may be trying to grow spiritually. You may be trying to soften your heart and to be who God wants you to be, but you've allowed this group of people around you, maybe just one person, and they're bringing you down, bringing you down. And I would just encourage you, be prepared, be ready to make a bold move and to change out your friendships. That's your last fill-in. My cardiac care might require a friend transplant. Taking care of our hearts. It's going to take some determination to change what we see, what we hear, where we go. And this last point, who we do things with. Man, all those things affect our hearts. But above all else, above all else, let's protect our hearts. All right, I'm going to invite Tony to come up here. He's going to lead us in a time of prayer. And Chris is going to play keys. So had several things written down um, that I felt convicted me during the sermon. And uh, I think the, the most important thing that hit me the most was this concept of just guarding our hearts. I think whenever the Bible says, above all else, we need to just take a second and 
reread that. Because generally that means it's important. Above all else, guard your heart. <laughs> I, I was thinking uh, of myself when, when I'm watching TV or I, I just turn something on and something bad comes on and I'm like, oh, maybe it'll get better. I'll just keep watching, it'll get better. And then it doesn't get better and then you're at the end of the episode and then now you're at the end of the season and now you're just deep, deep into it. And that is not a good way to guard our hearts. It's so difficult to push those temptations our way but when the word says above all else, that definitely means that's super, super important. So my challenge for us today is to just take a moment and take an account of your life. Just take an account of your last week, your previous week, and just see where your eyes have been or where your feet have been what your ears have been listening to and just ask yourself the question am I guarding my heart by listening to this or watching this or going to those places so what I'm going to do because I feel like we could there's a lot of people in the room who could probably myself included, need a, a reset of our eyes and our feet, of our ears, of just how we look at things, how we guard our hearts. I'm going to ask you to stand, and if you are ready to just say, today, I'm starting fresh, I'm going to guard my heart, I'm going to ask you to hold your hands out as a sign of reception. Go ahead and stand. hold your hands out as a sign of just receiving and I'm going to pray dear God I just we come to you as a group we come to you as people as humans as sinners and we're just asking that you may guide us we ask that you may give us that reset that we need on our eyes reset that we need on our feet on our ears God that we may listen to your word and we may guard our hearts we ask that you may keep us from all temptation that we may do better at following you your word says everything flows from your heart and we just want to make sure we're putting in what the heart needs in order for good fruits to flow from it. So we thank you and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for enjoying the message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for being part of our family, and we'll see you next time.